can't believe Wes could be guilty of murder. But part of me wonders how well I knew him to begin with. I don't know. Do you think he did it? Well, to be perfectly honest, I actually don't care if he did or didn't. You said you'd get rid of that gun? I did. Oh, you did? You know your prints are still all over that thing? You didn't answer the question. What do you want, Ron? It's what I like about you, Wes. You're a whole business. Wes? You just assaulted a law enforcement officer who's investigating a homicide, which you are the lead suspect. Not a smart move, partner. I didn't see any of this coming. You a man of faith, Wes? Oh, get it out of my system, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. This is Gruesome Herzog, my very special guest. Is actor, stuntman, director, producer, Jim Doherty. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Um, hey, th thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. We we tried a couple weeks ago, and our schedules got a little twisted. But I've noticed you in a couple films. I've seen one of them, um, and you're you were behind the scenes for another one, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, I do appreciate you taking time to come on tonight. Um, you oh, are absolutely. a talent to be reckoned with, and I'm not blowing smoke up your butt either. You are, after what I've seen you in the movie Leech, which we'll talk about later, it's a fantastic performance on you. you know, oh, thank you. No problem. And a movie I do want to start with, um, I didn't see it. It's called Blood Moon in 2008. Are you willing to talk about this one? Uh, we can talk about that one briefly. Uh, I, I worked on, on Blood Moon. Uh, it was shot in Franklin, Indiana, and I did a little bit of work on that uh, as an actor and uh, got an opportunity to work with Lloyd Kaufman and a couple of other folks. And uh, it, was a, it was an interesting experience. That's a film that I don't, I think it's still uh, sitting somewhere on a shelf and hasn't been released yet. Oh, wow. A yeah. Lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how that happens because there are a lot of films that, that get made and, and then they just sit there. And they don't find an audience or, you know, maybe maybe it didn't turn out the way that people that made the film expected. So they just, you know, don't want to show it to anyone or, or who knows what. But there are a lot of films, and, and I've only done, you know, a, a couple of those that uh, that have been that way. And, and it stars also stars Asshole Arrear, right? Yes. Well, he, that's actually where I met Jim O'Rear. Uh, Jim and I go back to Blood Moon. Uh, the first time I met him was on that set, and I played uh, Governor, and he was my assistant. We had a little scene at the end of the film uh, before we both get killed. And that's, that's where I met Jim, and we hit it off, and, you know, and we've worked together several times since then. Yeah, Jim's a – I'm sure you heard the interview, but Jim – he is a talent. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I'll say it again. I've already said it three times, and I'll say it again. He reminds me of Rob Schneider of the horror industry. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> you just, can do it! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can see him. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, the next film I also didn't see, and I should have my ass kicked. Well, no, I actually shouldn't because it ain't, I guess it ain't reviewed, ain't available nowhere, but Spooky Tales in 2009. Yeah, that's another one that, uh, that, that's been shot, and I, I know that they had a premiere screening of that, which I wasn't able to attend, uh, but I haven't even seen the film. Never received a copy of it. Uh, it's another one of those that, that got made and is sitting on a shelf somewhere and collecting dust. So there's not really a whole lot more to talk about I with know, that it, film. It's, it's, it's sad. I mean, you'd be surprised how many movies that are out there that are probably would be freaking phenomenal. People would be going nuts over them, but it's just so hard to get a distributor deal. I mean, sometimes... It, things just fall apart where it's like a you know like a devil's candy where no oh, I'm done I want nothing to do with it yeah this. This well on. you know the fact that that film got completed and and still sitting on a shelf I, I know that that there are a lot of films that that you know well let's take for instance uh, you you've seen Beverly Lane mm-hmm. and that's a film that was made on a shoestring budget got completed and Josh Hall who was the director of that uh, writer, director. Who's that? Joshua Hall. Joshua Hall. Oh God, him. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that um, guy. But he's, you know, he's gangbusters. He goes out there and promotes the thing. He's gotten people to to watch it. He's going to conventions. He's promoting the film, uh, and and people have seen it. And I think that you know, in in the indie film industry, when you're working with with micro budgets up into you know. Uh, some decent smaller budgets. A lot of times, you don't have a big machine behind you to get it out. You got to do it yourself. Right. And part of that process is, you know, you can't just show it one time and then expect, you know, everything to open and the heavens to part and all of a sudden it's like this huge hit. You've got to get out there and you've got to beat on the pavement and you know you got to get you got to get your work out there and, and get it seen and. And uh, Josh has been a great example of doing something that those other couple of films that I worked on hadn't done, which is really go out there and promote the work. And, and yeah, it, everything in early stages of filmmaking is going to be something that, you know, maybe could have been done this way or could have been done that way. Oh, we always look at our past work and go, gosh, I wish I would have done this or gosh, I wish I would have done that. Right. But the piece is what the piece is in the time that it was done and it will find an audience if you give the audience a chance to find it. Right. But so. Beverly Lane, to me, I mean, I did interview with the cast. You know, a lot of people listen to it. You did yourself. And what amazes me about Beverly Lane is I'm a big zombie fan, like I, like I mentioned numerous times. But what's so neat about Beverly Lane is you had two stories. You had The Office and you had the zombies outside. And it wasn't so much about the zombies on the outside. It was more about the employees hating each other in the inside. Mm-hmm. And for it to be a low budget like that, the freaking thing was shot so professionally, you wouldn't know totally that it's a low budget film. Well, I have to say thank you because I actually shot that film. <laughs> I shot that with uh, my new camera that I had just gotten before that. And... Uh, part of that, though, was, you know, Josh and I went into that film quite a while before shooting. We knew we were only going to have four days to shoot it. We shot that film in four days. That's amazing. And, you know, we talked about, and I co-produced the film as well, and we talked about the need 
to do this as efficiently as possible, and one of the ways to do that is the cast has got to be completely off script because we were going to have to shoot it in chunks like you would shoot a live performance of a play or something. And we had to be able to move the camera at any given moment so that we could capture a whole scene and then move the camera over here, do a whole scene, and then get, you know, whatever pickups we needed. And we had a great sound guy on there, too, Chuck Boudreau, um, was the sound guy on that. And, you know, a really great crew of people that worked very hard on that film. Uh, again, you know, we'd start at 7 o'clock in the morning. We'd leave there at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. We did two weekends, one Saturday, one Sunday, then the following Saturday and Sunday. And uh, the people at Phillips Metal which is where we shot the film, just gave us the place, said, here, here you go, and uh, and let us have carte blanche. And we used minimal lighting uh, and used, there was a big picture window on the side, so we were able to get a lot of good sunlight in from that. So that, that's mostly natural light with a little bit of fill with some uh, with those, those curly Q fluorescent bulbs. And other than that, we didn't have time to do setups or anything. It was, you know, the lights were... We mounted them to the ceiling to generally light an area, and then we shot and just total guerrilla style. Wow. Yeah, yeah. again, you know, that it's amazing how that movie has just gone viral. I mean, there's people that has, a lot of people that has not seen that movie. And it's one, I, I think it's going to be one of these films that it's going to, you know, really make you, you know I mean, your first, like you mentioned it, a new camera, you know, you shot it, and it turned out very well. And I think that that, that thing is going to be a, easily going to be one of the iconic movies twenty years from now. I really do. I really believe. Well, that. I'm glad you think that. That's uh, you know, whenever you work on something and you get really close to it, because I also cut the film, and I've watched it so many times that I'm, I'm tired of looking at it. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of looking at it. You know, and. But, you know, people that have never seen it before, they have a response to it. And, and every time you get someone like you that gives you a perspective after having seen the film, you're kind of like, okay, well, that's cool. I'm, You know, what we were trying to do actually did work. And what we were trying to set up visually, theme-wise, you know, with the way the actors work together and so forth, it paid off in the end to the people that have never seen the film. So that's always gratifying to hear that. But, you know, when it when it comes to, to looking at the film and I'm done. Right, right. I'm done. <laughs> right. Well, Let's you move know, on to the next one. Yep. Well, good job on that film. I mean, that's um, that'd be. It's amazing that you even have you know that you have a, a you know a part of that movie, and, and it's just the whole crew. I think is so phenomenal. You know, it's just a fun, a fun, fun crew. Well, I think. It's, thank you. I think it's a fabulous cast, and I think that Josh Hall did a fantastic job of bringing all the people together and really working on something to, to realize the vision that he had when he, when he wrote the script. So, you know, that's, that's really hats off to him and, and the rest of the crew and the cast for really coming together. And I think it really is a labor of love more than it is anything else, and I think that speaks volumes for, for what, you know, what came out of it. All right. Well, the next film that we're going to talk about, it's also, as far as I know, it hasn't been released yet. It's called To Haunt You. In 2011, a horror romance thriller. Liberty or Death Productions. Those guys uh, contacted me. I have a very small part in the film. Um, And I basically play a serial killer that's in a movie that this 
young couple is watching on television. And uh, I had an opportunity to see a cut of the film. Uh, it's been quite a while in the making, and uh, Jim Mannon and, and Robin Panay uh, are the ones that put that film together. And, and I really, it's been so long since I've worked on that, I don't remember as much about that experience as, as I probably could or should. But it's, uh, you know, from when I watch it, um, I think it's going to be, you know, a nice little indie film. Uh, it's visually very nice. It's well done. There are some good performances in it. And uh, I'm not sure what the release date is on that. It is probably coming up soon, though, because I know that, uh, that Jim was working on getting that cut out. And that's about all. I, that's about all I know on that one. You caught me off guard there. <laughs> well, the next film, I'm definitely not going to catch you off guard on. Um, you sent me a copy, um, Leech, in 2011, directed by yes. John Taylor. And if I'm mistaken, you were a producer for this film, also, correct? Yes, that is correct. And you played a character of Wes. Okay, mm-hmm. it's. Been, I call this movie the Jim Do- <laughs> Jim Doherty. And the Thomas J. Smith show. Now, that's Wes and Ron. This movie here, when you send it to me, you see a title called Leech. Okay, mm-hmm. that can lead to anything. Okay, the most common yeah. thing you think, oh my God, Tack of the Killer Leeches. Yeah, you that's know? what everyone thinks. It's like, we're going to have big giant leeches and it's going to be, yeah, exactly. Which I knew that, that it wasn't. Okay, obviously, I did do my research. But, what, uh, Jim, I'm telling you something. This film was brilliant. I love the cat and mouse between you, between Wes and Ron. And when you watch this film, you don't know what's going to happen next. It's one of these movies that keeps you guessing. And the ending was, like, totally unbelievable. Um, If you want to give listeners an idea about Leech who has not seen Leech, the tagline states it, Even evil has a dark side. Yeah. Brilliant film, Jim. Yeah. Go ahead and give us that. Uh, well, John Taylor, uh, who, again, is the director on that and also wrote the film, um, believe it or not, that film was a nightmare John had. Wow. John dreamt the whole, really the whole film, the whole story, everything was a dream he had one night. And he woke up and it, it sort of haunted him and he finally put it on paper. And... I had seen uh, both of John's earlier films, um, Promenade and the other one's giving me a brain wrap. There it is, uh, Promenade and Brain Wrap. And I sat there and I watched them. I'd seen a lot of other uh, indie films, and I watched these, and and they were so engaging. And John is really, I think, a fabulous storyteller, and I wanted to work with him. Right. So we, you know, got together and we talked, and and he had sent me the script, and and I read it, and uh, he asked me, you know, is was there any particular role that that I gravitated toward? And I said, well, I said, you know, this uh, this Ron character is really interesting, um, but I really, I really uh, can identify with Wes, but I think that you probably are looking for someone younger to play this character, just the way the script read. Uh, and he, he he said to me, he goes, you like Wes? It's yours. And I'm like, serious? And uh, so that was that was the deal. That's how I got that role. Is 
I just I identified with it, and I told John I did, and, and John had seen some of my other work, and just said, "Here, it's yours." And then we got together, started talking about it. Uh, the very one of the very first conversations we actually had about that was was how to crash a car. After having watched the film, you see that there's a there's a car gag in there, um, and then it kind of moved on from there. But you know that that film was a uh, a thirteen day shoot. And we shot all over Indiana, mostly central and northern Indiana. And it was a grueling, you know, we had 13, 16 hour days. And the one day that we had scheduled as a day off, we ended up having to shoot pickup shots because we got behind in the earlier part of the week. Thomas J., uh, who plays Ron, uh, who did a fantastic job in the film. Amen. Uh, he could only be there for a week. And we had to get all of his stuff shot. We had to plan the use of the van around his schedule because when he was gone, of course, you know, it's, it's his character's van, then, then the van was done, and so we had to just sort of shoot everything of his first and then, and then move on. Um, but then, you know, we also had some wonderful supporting folks in the, in the film. You know, Lydia McDermott was great uh, as Sarah, and, and Raymond Kester, who's a real good buddy of mine, I thought, did a fantastic job in the film. And then I was also really pleased with the performance that Jim Hunter had put in as Pastor Steve. Right, right. Um, you know, he, he's really, you know, great. And I've worked with him for years on stage, and he's one of my best friends, and uh, was just great to work with. And then you've got a couple of cameos that I have to throw a little uh, little hat off to, is uh, James Copeland as uh, the guy from the pizza parlor that delivers the pizzas there early in the film uh, during the interrogation scene. And Martin Stapleton, uh, who are a couple of guys that came in there and did that interrogation scene and, and had a lot of fun with it. And later in the film, when uh, Martin's character shows the bruises, those are actually real because we shot that diner scene the following day. And uh, he had gotten bruised up by doing that interrogation scene, working with uh, with James and, and uh, Thomas J. And uh, I got to throw a hats off to Matt Staley too. Matt was the director of photography on that, and I thought that he did a fantastic job shooting the film and really gave it uh, a really good visual look. Actually, the same camera that that I shot Beverly Lane with not the not the exact same camera, but the same model is what Matt used to shoot Leech. And very two very distinctly different looks, all shot from the same camera. And I think that he just really has a great eye and, and did a great job of visually uh, helping John tell the story. Uh, yeah. And listeners, in case you didn't recognize the one name, Raymond Kester was also in um, Beverly Lane. So if you see him in Leech, then you're going to know who it is from Beverly Lane. And he, right. Raymond, it's, you know, I never seen him before until I seen Beverly Lane. And that's no slam towards him because. You know, there's a lot of movies, a lot of actors, but Raymond is a unique individual. I never met him, but I interviewed him with the cast of Beverly Lane. The guy is brilliant, clever. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a fun guy. He's witty. He's funny. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, so, any listeners, again, if you get a chance, look for it in the future. Leech will be released sometime in the future. Am I correct? Jim? Well, it's actually available now. You can buy it. it. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you go to Leech the Movie, it's L-E-A-C-H the com. You can order it right from the website. Nice. Listeners, yeah, and it, grab it. 
go ahead. Yeah, it's, thank you, thank you very much. It's uh, it's you know it's another one of those labor of love. Uh, some really, I think, really good performances, and uh, it's a it's a nice little thriller. And and the audiences that have seen it have have really appreciated it. We've actually, I will tell you this uh, interesting story, um, because of the subject matter that we don't want to give any spoilers away. Um, it, it gets uncomfortable. It's yeah. a little bit uncomfortable, and. When that revelation happened in the theater, uh, there was a couple sitting next to me. This is at our premiere. And the gentleman leans over and he says, he goes, I'm really sorry, this is really great, and I'm really enjoying it, but my wife can't handle this. We've got to go. <laughs> wow. So, so you know that if something, even though it's tastefully addressed in the film, disturbs someone in the audience enough that they can't watch it anymore, the storyteller has done their job. And I, that's hats off to John, I think, for for handling it in the way he did. And, and you really just kind of have to see the film to understand exactly what I'm getting at there. But I think it's very tastefully handled, and it still makes your skin crawl. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mentioned earlier, and I'll say it again for listeners to hear it, what what makes you a brilliant actor, and there's a lot of actors that can do it, you know, Andrew Ross, one of them, yourself, Jim O'Rear, is to see your face at that one scene, and you knew it was coming, obviously, and to see your face and how you performed that scene was amazing. I mean, you pulled it off like, you know, it's a brilliant job, Jim. Brilliant. Well, thank you. You know, thank um, you. Now the next film I'm I'm waiting to uh, get a look at uh, Scalene in 2011. Uh, Zach yes. Parker is the director, and uh, this has a really interesting cast as well. If you want to give the listeners an idea um, about it, and, uh, just to mention, by the way, that Punk Raymond Kester is in this one as well. So yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Raymond's that guy. He's like, there's that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, give listeners an idea about Scalene. Well, Scalene is is a film that surrounds um, the rape of a college girl and the three perspectives surrounding that event. One from the mother's point of view of the accused, one from the victim's point of view, and one from the point of view of the accused who uh, has an oxy brain injury and cannot speak for himself. And the way Zach constructed the film it's told uh, in three different styles of time. The, the opening of the film and the beginning of the film is is told in a, in a chronological order that's in reverse, kind of like Memento in a way. Um, and Margot Martindale, who won an Emmy for Justified, uh, stars as Janice, the mother of the boy, and uh, has a brilliant performance in the film. And uh, Hannah Hall plays the college girl. Hannah was in Rob Zombie's Halloween. She's most famous and known for playing little Jenny in the film Forrest Gump. Okay, and then, yeah. Right. And Adam Scarambolo lives in Brooklyn. Adam plays Jacob, the son, who's had the, the oxy brain injury. And uh, so the way the stories sort of unfold is you have to watch Janice's story to get some of the information. And then Jacob's story in the middle of the film is told in a total nonlinear fashion, uh, and it gives you more of the story. And then 
Page's story is told in a linear fashion, and it's chronological, and that and that fills in the gaps. And uh, you know, I, I've watched the film several times, and I just went to New York City to watch uh, and participate in the in the opening of the film. Uh, they had a, a one week run in in Brooklyn, and you know, I, I saw it the Friday night and watched it, and I was like, I never noticed this before. But this makes sense. So even being in the film, I stunt corner in the film, and I play uh, the character of Charles in the film, who is uh, Margot Martindale's love interest. Um, I found something new, and I think Zach uh, did a brilliant job of constructing the film and uh, giving you something that, you know, when I first read the script, I knew I wanted to work on this film. Zach sent me a script that was over the holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas holiday, uh, the the six months before the film was shot, and I read it and I called him and I said, Zach, I love the script. I really want to, you know, want to work on this. And and of course, I went through the whole audition process like everybody else and, and so forth. And and there were a lot of people that you know Zach had 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 eyes on. Um, and then you know I, I won the role, and and it was just a wonderful experience to work on that. To work opposite Margot Martindale was was a thrill, and and Zach, uh, I think, has got a wonderful eye. And and the DP on the film, uh, Jim Temperman, uh, shot it. He shot several films all around the country, and and is just a wonderful DP. And then Carlos Jimenez Flores uh, was also one of the producers on the film who who did uh, produce Motel Hell, which I just wrapped in Chicago. I think you wanted to talk about that also here in a little bit. Um, But just a wonderful experience all the way around, and and the film is now available uh, to put into your instant queue. It's available for your DVD queue on Netflix right now. So if you you have Netflix and you go and and type in uh, scaling and search for it, you'll come up with the film, and then you can add it to your your queue. He's got that. I'm not sure where he is right now in the distribution um, state with the film, but but it is in the whole distribution channel right now, getting all the things finalized, and eventually uh, it'll be available. Hopefully, uh, you know, in video stores, video on demand. Uh, there's a possibility that there may even be a, a limited theatrical release and so forth. So, but it's a, it's one of those, you know. I watch the film and, and I look at it from the perspective that, you know, I think there's some influence there that I see of Hitchcock and Kubrick in, in the way Zach has put this film together. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure what else to, to say on that other That's than, fine. you know, if you get a chance to see it, you I know, will. That's check right. it out. That's on my radar to see. So Now, the next film I interviewed... Mr. Jacob Belinsky and I do want to give special thanks again to um, PJ Starks he directed my he asked me if I was interested in help promoting this so I said sure and then we I did an interview with Jacob Belinsky about the film Three Tears on Bloodstained Flesh Um, yes now I heard Jacob's you know obviously his ideas and stories about the film would you want to give listeners an idea? You played a character of Sheriff Rex Drisco. Sheriff Drisco, yep. And of course, it stars also my boy James O'Rear and that Eric T. Schroeder, that mm-hmm. asshole. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sonny Burnett, and uh, you know I've got to mention Mark A. Nash, if I'm mistaken. He was also in um, Beverly Lane and yes. uh, Scalene, correct? Right, that is correct. And uh, sorry, guys, I'll give you a prop respect. You guys did a great job, and Beverly Lane as well. And I'm looking to see, interested to see Scalene. But go ahead and give you an idea of your of your of your thoughts of Three Tears and Bloodstained Flesh. Well, it's funny because uh, the film. The first thing that that I that I got from Jake is uh, I kept saying the same thing. You are three tears on bloodstained flesh, and that's what everybody was saying. And Jake kept going, "No, it's three tears on bloodstained flesh." And I'm like, "What do you mean tears on bloodstained flesh?" And he said, "Well," and, <laughs> and then here's the me. thing. Here's the thing. It's great, Chris, is that he said, "I don't care what people call it," because I made it ambiguous on purpose. <laughs> Because sure, I noticed sure. that when you guys, when you interviewed Jake and you said three three tears, I went, okay, is Jake going to say anything? Nope, he didn't, so he's cool with it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jacob, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but we talked about that, and I said, aren't people going to get confused? And he goes, that's the beauty of it. And that's how laid back Jake is about mm-hmm. it. He's like, he's like, I don't care what they call it. I just wanted to go see it. Right. And, uh, and so, but we shot that. That was like an 11 day shoot. And it was an intense 11 days. Jake is great. Jake gets so much coverage. Um, I can't wait to see what it looks like when he cuts it together because I know he's got like 5 or 10 to, probably, probably 10 or 12 to 1 ratio for every single shot he's got. Um, and I also stunt coordinated that film as well and played Sheriff Drisco. And when, when, when Jake sent me the script, I read it. And it was very similar to the experience I had with John Taylor where I, I looked at it. And, and uh, he said, what, which of those characters jumps out at you? And I said, well, there's this character. And then I said, and there's this the Sheriff Drisco character. I said, he is so opposite of me and has so many things that come out of his mouth that I would never say mm. I want to play him <laughs> and and so you know Jake said well I could maybe kind of see you you know that kind of tickles my brain a little bit why don't you send me an audition pick something from the script and send it in and I did and then we talked, you know, a few days later, and and he was very happy with what I had sent him, so he gave me that, gave me that role, and it was so much fun to play because I was able to totally lose myself in there. I mean, if you watch the film and you see me at all, then then I didn't do something right. And if you watch the film and afterward you won't talk to me, I did something right. <laughs> That's where this character is. He is the most vile, womanizing, sexist pig in existence. And it was really fascinating to jump into the skin of that man and bring him to life. And I even went as far as to, you know, change the register of my voice. I had my hair colored and I shaved my beard in a in a fashion to match the character and even put on a little weight so that I had more of a little beer gut, you know, looking body and 
and uh, really just kind of immersed myself into that role. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that film uh, comes together. And, and knowing Jake's earlier work, uh, I was very excited to, to have an opportunity to work on that with him. And I, I know, uh, I know it's going to be it's going to be a really wonderful piece of work. I'm looking forward to seeing the final cut. Me too. But I do want to give a shout out though. Louis D. Cheney um, was one of the gaffers, and uh, he's another one of these brilliant directors. Um, I if I if I pronounce it right, he did a short film that I reviewed called Elysian. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, brilliant guy himself. So I just want to give him a special shout out to to Mr. Cheney. So cool. Um, yeah, I, I had an opportunity to work with him on on this, and and uh, and I thought he did a a wonderful job, you know, with the, with the work he did on the film. Uh, I haven't had an opportunity to work with him any further, but uh, you know, down the road at some point, hopefully, I will. Well, you uh, this next film, I hopefully you want to talk about it. I think you have an idea, and it's not what you think it is first, but it's a Fred Owen Ray film. Yes, um, Bad Blood, The Hatfields and the McCoys. Now, I'm a big Fred Owen Ray and Chris Owen Ray fan. For simple fact is, they make a lot of these sci-fi movies. You know, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that movies. A lot of people hate on them. I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, everybody knows the idea. A sci-fi film is not going to be an extensive, high-budget film. There's going to be right. shortcuts. That's just the way it is. But to me, they're still entertaining. You know, and and go ahead. Uh, what give me give us your experiences with um, this film? Well, I did I did one day on that film. Uh, I have a I have a, a role that is a shopkeeper. And had an opportunity to work with uh, with the young man that that plays uh, John Tatfield, uh, and uh, you know Fred was great. Fred, you know, pretty much brought you in there. And what was really great is we sat and we did rehearsals, and and you know he he was pretty happy with with the rehearsal. Where you just said, "Yep, should have shot it, should have shot it." <laughs> He's just real laid back, and we shot that out at Copper Canyon Ranch in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Uh, which I don't know if you've never been out that way. It's a it's a wonderful little western town that's out in the middle of nowhere, and the people that own it, uh, Tim and Carol, are just wonderful, wonderful folks. There's another film uh, that that was shot out there recently uh, by a friend of mine named Lee Vort called Gun Town. And that was the first time I'd seen that town, so I was excited to have an opportunity to go out and see Tim and Carol again. And I hadn't been out to Copper Canyon. Lee kept inviting me out there, so I had an opportunity to go out there and see the town. And, and the day we went out there, it had rained all night long. Got there at 9 o'clock in the morning, and the place was a muddy mess. And that was a blast. The funny thing was, the producers on the film, Fred Olin Ray, they had talked about renting uh, a big water truck because they wanted to get that kind of wet, nasty, overcast atmosphere right. for the stuff they were shooting that day. And they got all that rain, and they had the mud, and they had everything else, but they got exactly what they wanted on that film, and it all came from you know, a gift from nature, which was wonderful. But I did the one day on the film, and my understanding is that it's, it's uh, going to be distributed through Redbox and straight-to-video DVD sales, and also, I believe they were negotiating broadcast rights with AMC. Nice. Uh, so hopefully that'll you know that'll get sealed, and and they uh, they're wanting to get it out you know 
first first part of the year in the spring or very early summer. So it should be available, I would say, hopefully by April or May. That's that's what I was told. Well, you know, it, it's a fantastic cast. You had Jeff Fahey, Perry King, Priscilla Barnes, Tim Abel, you know, and Dylan Vox. But mm-hmm. yeah, I will I will definitely check this out, obviously, because I am, like I said before, I'm. I like uh, Fred Owen Ray stuff, you know. Well, I, I love westerns, and yeah. I was just thrilled to have an opportunity to work on it. Well, the next film it is not a remake. I was confused. I'll admit that. But Motel Hell, you just mentioned earlier, which you told me a couple weeks ago when we were talking, that um, you did some work on there. Um, do you like this was an idea about Motel Hell? I mean, enough that you, you know, obviously you can't say too much, but... You want to give an idea of what it's about? I'll give you a, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I can I can fill you in a tiny bit on it. Uh, it's in post right now, and, and of course I don't want to give any spoilers. But it was a, it was a, a film that uh, Carlos Jimenez Flores, who was one of the, the co-producers on Scalene, had uh, gotten in contact with me and, and asked me if I would come up to Chicago and work on this film. And it it's not a remake of the. Motel Health in the 80s, that I can tell you, uh, but it is a horror film. It was shot at, uh, at a motel in, on the south side of Chicago, and basically the storyline is, uh, in a nutshell, without spoiling anything, I'll probably get a phone call after this is heard, what did you tell them that? No. <laughs> um, these paranormal ghost hunters come to this motel because of all of the stories that have been told about it being haunted. And in the course of their investigation, they discover um, things may not be what they seem. And that's really about all I can say. That's good enough. At this point in time. Yeah, I just want to get you a know. mention out there you know, to get it some, some stink. You know, some people to right. really, you know, check it out. Oh. And, you know, it was great because there were a lot of local folks that worked on the film. Um, and then there were several folks that came in, you know, from L.A. And uh, there were a couple people that came in from New York to work on that. So we really had the, the three major cities fairly well covered uh, in the shooting of that film. And, and Carlos was great as a director. He, uh, you know, he came in and he said, okay, I want this, I want that. And then he took care of everybody and he was very laid back about, you know, his approach to everything, but it ran so efficient. It was just a, a wonderful process all the way through. Excellent. Yeah, I would definitely look for that one. I mean, uh, I didn't know anything about it until you mentioned it to me. And, uh, you know, it's, I do want to check that out in the future. But, yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention that I might have browsed over or that I don't know about? Um, off the top of my head, I I really... I mean, there's... Well, there's a film that I did called Fire From Below. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that uh, broadcast on the Sci-Fi Channel is still available, video stores on Netflix, so you can check that out. I'm in the opening five minutes of the film. Uh, so that's kind of a fun one. Uh, I met several wonderful people in the process of doing that film and got some good relationships that have continued on to this day so that was a really kind of a cool project to work on and then I've got some other things in the pipe uh, I'll, I'm set right now to uh, to DP 
Joshua Hall's new film Terms. I don't know if you guys talked about Terms at all. Not yet, uh, but I, had I know on. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Can't really say too much about that one. That one's another one that's kind of uh, under wraps because you, he doesn't want the storyline to get out there. But I've got that down the pipe, and I've got a few other things that are that are in the works that people are negotiating, you know, with me regarding. So hopefully down the road we'll see more come, uh, you know, your way. And, and uh, I know that uh, Zach Parker, who did scaling, has got a couple of things coming up that I'll I'll be working on with him. So. I'm pretty excited. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the pipe, and uh, you know, it's all good fun. And and let's get out there and make some great movies. Yeah. Now you did say Joshua Hall's terms, or you say Joshua her Joshua Hall's a turd. <laughs> no, <laughs> I said I said terms. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I'm hoping he listens to this because I like giving him a good jab every now and then. He just oh he'll take that and he'll hit right back. You know, <laughs> oh that's yeah, here. that's my whole goal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm glad that we got this done because uh, again, you know, I've seen Leech. That's all I've seen right now that I've seen you in. You know, besides behind the scenes of Beverly Lane, but uh, great job! I'm telling you, Leech is one of thank my you. favorites. So. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's it was a fun one to do, and uh, and you know I, I did a lot of work on that film along with a lot of other great, very talented people, and and we're all real proud of it. Well, I'm glad because it's well worth it. Because you know I'm hoping that a lot more people get to see Leech and and Beverly Lane and you know Blood Tears of Blood fl- of Bloodstained Flesh. Is that better, Jacob? <laughs> Now, see, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> what are you, everybody's grandmother correcting them all the time? What's going on? <laughs> uh, I'll call Jacob myself and say, hey, Jacob, okay? It's Terry. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'll get them all jabbed up for you. But anyways, thanks all for coming on. Uh, you're a great guy, and it was fun. Thanks for having me. No problem. And uh, I-, I can't believe Wes could be guilty of murder. But part of me wonders how well I knew him to begin with. I don't know. Do you think he did it? Well, to be perfectly honest, I actually don't care if he did or didn't. You said you'd get rid of that gun? I did. Oh, you did? You know your prints are still all over that thing? You didn't answer the question. What do you want, Ron? It's what I like about you, Wes. You're a whole business. Wes? Just assaulted a law enforcement officer is investigating homicide, which you are the lead suspect. Not a smart move, partner. I didn't see any of this coming. You a man of faith, Wes?